Only one boy played with his kite. The rest of the kids in the village of Maywan took the kites we'd given them and ripped them apart. They threw the shredded kites on the ground and spat on them. Then they went over to the boy who played with his kite and hit him and spit on him. The boy's lips swelled up and his nose turned bloody. They destroyed his kite too. When there were no more kites to destroy, the children glared in our direction, cursed and shouted anti-American slogans. A few flung dirt clods. Those Afghan kids were the best dirt clod flingers I'd ever seen. We shrugged off our chilly reception and adjusted our weapons. I checked to see that the security detail was all right near the perimeter of the village and reminded myself that this was only our first patrol in the area. You can't blame a kid for hating American soldiers when terrorists have spread lies about us throughout their region. I knew the Taliban were bastards. They ruled by fear. They hated us. And they also hated schools, elections, women's rights, and freedom. They slaughtered civilians, scorched acres of fertile farmland, stopped United Nations food shipments from reaching starving people, and destroyed tens of thousands of homes. The Taliban didn't even fight fairly. They were too chicken for that. They blended in among civilians and shot at us while they used their own school children for cover. They placed improvised explosive devices, IEDs, into the ground where anybody passing by could step on them. Enemy, farmer, or child. No, I thought. These kids in Maywan weren't Taliban. They had no news, no TV, no iPods, no means of ever hearing anything different about us. No, they weren't to blame. I always kept in mind who the real enemy was. Clouds hung low and wind whipped cold at us from across the desert. After our failed attempt at kite diplomacy, we sat down with the village elders and explained our purpose for being in the area. They gave us a warmer welcome, about 30 men gathered in a circle. The elders, shrouded in dark beards and flowing robes, nodded at us from underneath their turbans. No women were present, although once in a while a female figure would pass by in the distance. The figure would be covered in black from head to toe, no face, only eyes. We gathered out in the open in the middle of their town square, a primitive dirt crossroads in the middle of a cluster of mud huts. The lower-ranking soldiers set up a security detail and didn't join our circle. They kept their helmets on, their weapons ever ready, but the higher-ranking soldiers, the officers, and most of the non-commissioned officers, NCOs, joined the circle. We took off our helmets, wanting the elders to begin to feel comfortable in our presence, and we sat on the dirt or took a knee while they squatted on their haunches, a style of sitting they're comfortable with. We were served scalding hot chai tea as a gesture of their hospitality. At that temperature, the tea would be safe to drink, yet we eyed the cups closely anyway, knowing what havoc a microscopic desert bug can wreak inside a gut. The elders listened intently when we spoke through an interpreter, and when we shut up, they spoke passionately about their desire for freedom and security in their homeland. We communicated to the elders that we were in their region to help the Afghan National Army, ANA, gain a presence in the area. Maywan is only about a 15-minute Chinook helicopter ride away from Kandahar, the second largest city in Afghanistan, and a city that once had been the Taliban's headquarters. Ultimately, we wanted to push the Taliban out of the region and keep them from influencing the population. I knew the village elders were no strangers to American soldiers. As soon as our helicopters had touched down earlier the night before, the unit ahead of us had rotated out. We were just another spoke in the military wheel, and the elders nodded along with us and smiled and agreed that the Taliban were the bad guys. The elders didn't want them there either. They'd do whatever they could to help us, they said. I hoped the elders weren't just telling us what we wanted to hear. This was my third deployment to Afghanistan, and I knew by now to be wary of even the most sincere-sounding agreements. A quiet circle of village elders might indeed be our friends, but they also could have a Taliban member secretly embedded in their circle, or they might simply be playing it safe, declaring their allegiance to whatever military force was present at the time. I drained the last of my tea and stayed alert, always on my guard, always ready for an attack.
I was even weary of the ANA, the Afghan soldiers who'd come all along with us on this mission. They stood near the circle, rifles in arms. They'd signed up to fight for their country and were our allies, our counterparts. During other deployments, Afghan soldiers had hiked along with us on almost every patrol we went on, and we'd help train and equip them. By decree, we were on the same side. 